0: edition of the All 94 Feet Podcaster, one-stop shop for NBA hoops. I'm your host Josh Filomino. I'm recording this Wednesday evening, October 23rd, 2019. The 2019-2020 season kicked off Tuesday night last night with a pair of games, Pelicans Raptors, Lakers Clippers, both very entertaining games. I'm going to start with the late game, the Lakers at Clippers. Uh, Clippers take this one 112-102. to 102. Kawhi Leonard making his Clipper debut, started off strong, 30 points on the night. On the other end, LeBron James and his new tag team uh, mate, uh, Anthony Davis. Uh, LeBron James scored 18 points, 9 rebounds, 8 assists. Davis, 25 points, uh, 10 rebounds. And uh, my initial reaction right here to this game is, man, the Clippers are real man they are legit i mean i had to see it first to believe it because um you know they looked really good on paper but you know sometimes you know guys look good on paper and i just i don't know i guess i wasn't sold on the clippers just automatically assuming that paul george and and leonard were just gonna turn this team into a title contender but now they're real man they are real uh let's start with the clippers man it's a franchise for really the first time in its history, has a legit shot at the NBA title. Uh, I know it's only been one game, but that's all it took for me to believe that this team will still be playing basketball in June 2020, barring, of course, any major injuries. A big reason, of course, is Kawhi Leonard. And when Paul George returns, I will only push them even further. But here's why I really like the Clippers. It's their depth. I mean, this team is loaded from top to bottom. Uh, I think the first thing that pops out when I look back at some of the stats uh, are bench points. The Clippers outscored the Lakers bench 60-19. to 19. That's insane. Now, I think that says something about both teams because I think the Lakers have some issues. And, and we'll dive into their issues a little bit later in the pod. But uh, when George gets back, this roster is 10 players deep I mean they had four guys come off the bench Tuesday night they all scored in double figures and they all finished with a combined plus 40 rating their second unit man they can score Lou Williams is a a walking bucket I think everyone knows by now he's probably the the best scoring bench player of all time Uh, they play with defense uh, with Montrezl Harrell leading the way they've got athletic wings like Mo Harkless and Jamichael Green uh, and they have Patrick Beverly and they have all these different guys that can do so many different things. Um, they had a lineup in the fourth quarter of Lou Will, Harold Green, Harkless, and Patrick Beverly. They played a significant amount of time in the fourth quarter with Leonard at the on, with Leonard on the bench. And at one point, they went nine and0, and then an 11-2 run, all in the same span. They went 9-0, and then the Lakers finally scored. And then they scored right back. An 11-2 run, and, and that wasn't against just the Lakers' bench. LeBron was on the floor during that span. Anthony Davis was on the floor during that span. Leonard is on the bench. Paul George sitting next to him in a tux. And this bench is just providing points and bringing energy Uh And here's something else, too, about this bench, too. It's Kawhi Leonard, right, played 32 minutes, scored 30 points. Harrell, off the bench, 38 minutes, and Lou Will played 37. Harkless, who also came off the bench, played another 29. So these bench players are playing significant amounts of time. And they're playing well. It's really a great situation for a, a quiet guy like uh, Kawhi Leonard. They don't need him to be the emotional leader. They don't need him to provide a spark. They've got Patrick Beverly. They've got Montrezl Harrell. They just need Kawhi to be that stone-cold assassin, who he is on both sides of the floor, whether it's it's getting big buckets down the stretch or, or getting big stops, because we know that Kawhi is probably the best two-way player in the game. Um, let's start talking about Kawhi a little bit because obviously he was the biggest uh, name in free agency this past summer. First, it was clear who the best player on the floor was uh, Tuesday night. Uh, he was wearing number two in the blue uniform. Uh, I think Kawhi Leonard finds himself in a very unique and advantageous position this season. Um, Coming off one of the all-time postseason runs for an individual player a few months ago, winning his second title with a second team, a run that included sticking a knife directly in my aorta, hitting one of the luckiest shots in NBA history uh, to eliminate my Philadelphia 76ers in game seven of the second round and say whatever you want, okay? It's the luckiest shot in playoff history. The ball literally bounced four times before falling into the rim, okay? Okay. Anyway, I digress. Digress. He goes through an epic playoff run where there's no LeBron James in the postseason, and Kevin Durant suffers a brutal Achilles injury, leaving the stage open for for Leonard to kind of put himself in the conversation as best player in the game. And he takes full advantage of it, carrying the Raptors to their first NBA title and looking, virtually, unstoppable. Uh, Then he decides to shock the world by joining the Clippers and and getting the team to bring in Paul George from OKC after telling OKC that he was going to be there for the long term with Westbrook, having a giant party. Then after one full season with Russ, he was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm going to chuck those deuces. I can't do this anymore. So with all the leverage and freedom in the world, Leonard decides to play in the same city as the guy who everyone has considered the best player on the planet the last decade in LeBron James who plays for the most popular and probably most important franchise in the NBA in the Los Angeles Lakers, Kawhi decides to go into his city, play for the ugly stepsister in the room next door, the L.A. Clippers, and pretty much says, I'm going to challenge the king for his crown in his own building, and the assault on the bronze throne started last night. I mean, uh, the Clippers and Lakers play in the same division, They're going to play each other a number of times this season. They will probably meet again in the postseason where Kawhi can really make his case as the new king of the court. Uh, I think another thing that goes in Kawhi's favor is the absence of another player, um, a guy who we thought was making his case as the best player on the planet the last two seasons. That man, of course, Kevin Durant. Who's out all year recovering from an Achilles, so if Kawhi really wants to assert himself as one of the game's best, now is the time. In the same city as LeBron, on the same turf, going toe-to-toe, and not having to worry about Kevin Durant, who's on the shelf for all season. Let's transition to the Lakers. Uh, A team a lot of people liked. A team a number of experts and analysts believe will win the title this season and and right now i'm just not too sure about that um let me start by saying lebron scored 18 points last night that necessarily doesn't concern me i think lebron made a concerted effort to feed anthony davis the ball he wanted to get the new guy involved get him his shots and he did davis scored 25 points on 21 shots not very efficient Now, LeBron only had two fewer shots. He was 7 of 19 and finished with a minus 8. So not the greatest start for the new duo uh, for the Lakers. Uh, But all in all, I don't think LeBron and AD are the issue, and they're not going to be the issue as the season progresses. Uh, Those two will figure it out. The way they've got that high screen and roll figured out, I think they're going to cause a lot of teams a lot of problems, and they'll do some serious damage. What worries me is the rest of the roster. I don't think the Lakers have the depth or the firepower to compete with the top teams in the West right now. Again, I know it's only one game, but this roster just doesn't look as good as I thought it did on paper going into Tuesday night. Danny Green led the team in scoring last night with 28 points. He shot nine threes, made seven of them. Is he your third guy? Because that kind of production isn't sustainable. 32-year-old Danny Green is it going to give you 20 a night and knock down seven threes. That's not happening. I'll tell you that right now. All right? Here's how everyone else finished last night so you get a a glimpse of what the Lakers roster looks like. JaVale McGee, a starter, scored four points and grabbed two rebounds. He's a seven-footer. He had two rebounds last night. Avery Bradley, another starter, eight points. Then off the bench, Jared Dudley, six points, Troy Daniels, 6 points. Dwight Howard, 6 points. Quinn Cook, 4 points. Contavious Caldwell-Pope, 27 minutes, 0 of 3, and a giant goose egg. Think about those names I just threw at you, okay? McGee, Bradley, Dudley, Daniels, Howard, Cook, Caldwell-Pope. Do those names sound like they're going to offer you much than what they did on opening night throughout the season? I mean, at least enough to make a real difference? I don't think so. The Lakers are going to have to make a move. They're going to have to. They're going to have to add a third guy because constructed as they are right now, they're not going to win the NBA title. Not in today's Western Conference. Um, Another thing that came to my mind is how short of a leash head coach Frank Vogel is on. Uh, Jared Dudley? Played for a significant amount of time in the fourth quarter. And uh, my personal opinion, I don't think that's ever a good idea. Uh, Jared Dudley, to me, uh, looks like that guy, you know, when you're playing pickup basketball and you've got, like, four guys ready to, like, get on the floor to play next. But you still need one more. And, like, from a distance, you see Jared Dudley, like, running up towards you and you're like, shit. I hope he doesn't ask to run with us. I really hope he doesn't ask with us. And then he runs up to you and he's like, oh, hey, guys. Uh, do, you, do you have five or... Or do you guys need one more? And then, you know, there's that guy on your team who's like, oh, yeah, totally, man. Like, yeah, you want to run with us? And you're just like, damn it, Greg, what are you doing, man? Just look at him. He's clearly terrible, okay? And then when you start the game, guess what? He's fucking terrible. Uh, Anyway, Vogel might want to rethink that strategy. There's a guy on the bench that's itching to take his job. His name is Jason Kidd. Now, it's not entirely his fault playing Jared Dudley at that part of the game when you look at what he has at his disposal, but it'll be interesting to see how he and LeBron uh, get along as the season progresses. Uh, There was another game on last night prior to the Lakers-Clippers matchup. The defending NBA champion Toronto Raptors hosted the New Look New Orleans Pelicans after receiving their championship rings and unveiling their championship banner, of course, the Raptors defeated the Pelicans 130-122 to in overtime. My initial thoughts were, these two teams are going to be two of my favorite watches this season. That's for sure. Both have young, talented players who play like a fun style of basketball. They're running up and down the court. They're, they're throwing the ball around. They have a lot of talent on both of those rosters. I really like New Orleans. Uh... Not having Zion Williamson for the first two months of the season is a drag, but there's a lot to like about this team. Uh, I love their backcourt. Lonzo Ball and Drew Holiday might be my favorite backcourt this season. Uh, I mean, there's Dame and CJ and Conley and Mitchell in Utah, but these two are uh, are really growing on me. Uh, To go with it, 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 there's Brandon Ingram, Derek Favors, J.J. Redick, uh, then they've got Nico Melli, Josh Hart, Frank Jackson, and former 76er Jalil Okafor. Um, I know the West is loaded, but I think if Zion gets back healthy, uh, I think they can make a legit run at the eight seed in the West. Uh, I love seeing Lonzo Ball shoot the three with confidence uh, Tuesday night. Uh, he hit two of three. He fixed his form where he no longer brings it up from his left hip, and now Ball's pull up and release looks a lot cleaner. And uh, I really hope to see that three point shot uh, fall the, into the bottom of the net at a consistent basis. Um, and how about those Toronto Raptors, man? Uh, they be, kind of became an afterthought in the East after losing Kawhi Leonard, but uh, they look good without number two on their roster. Uh, Pascal Siakam, fresh off his new contract that's paying him over 30 plus million dollars a year. Uh, went full spicy pee last night. Uh, 34 points, 18 rebounds for Toronto. He looks like he's ready to step up this season and be the man. Um, Kyle Lowry still making plays. Sergi Baca, Norman Powell, OG Onunomi, Marcus Saul, and of course, Fred Van Vleet. Uh, one day into the regular season, and I think I'm ready to name my way too early most improved player of the year award uh for me right now that award goes to Rockford native Rockford Illinois native Fred Van Vliet uh last night Tuesday night Van Vliet finished with 34 points shot 12 of 18 5 of 7 from 3 he also threw 7 assists grabbed 5 boards finishing plus 18 on the night Van Vliet is is definitely becoming one of my favorite players man he's Not the most athletic guy, he's not the quickest guy, he's not the tallest guy, but you know what? He's one of the smartest guys. His basketball IQ, man, is off the charts. His ability to drive the ball, dribble, find his teammates in good spots, and shoot the three at a high clip is just amazing. Uh, Now, full disclosure, I've been watching VanVleet probably a little bit longer than most people. Um, Before this podcast, I worked as a local sports anchor reporter in Northern Illinois, I was based out of Rockford, Illinois, uh, which is an hour and a half northwest of Chicago and happens to be the birthplace of the one and only Fred Van Vliet. So I was watching him in college uh, play for Wichita State. Um, Just a little backstory on him. He led them to multiple NCAA tournament appearances. He won the Missouri Conference Player of the Year Award twice in three years. Uh, He was clearly the best player on his team and one of the best players in that conference and on draft night in 2016, he, he went undrafted. Um, there was, I remember there was a big party at, at a bar and restaurant in downtown Rockford, and he's sitting there through the draft, family and friends, and, and he goes the whole night without hearing his name. Uh, at the end of the night, he gives a great speech to everyone, saying essentially, you know, like, this isn't going to stop him. It's only going to motivate him even more. And then kind of shortly after that, he gets a call from Toronto He signs a deal with them to play for their summer league team. He plays really well in summer league. Toronto gives him a multi-year deal. uh, And then training camp rolls around. Van Vliet starts turning heads at camp. Um, The Raptors at the time, I think, had 14 guaranteed contracts. So he basically was competing with like four or five other guys for that last spot on the team. And he beat them all. Um, he spends his rookie season, like going back and forth from Toronto and the G and the team's uh, G league team, the Raptors, uh, 905, uh, after some back and forth, he, he goes to the Raptors 905 for like their final stretch of the season. And he helps them pretty much leads them to win the uh, G league championship, um, which was the D league still at that time. And in the title game, Van Vliet goes for like 28 points and 14 assists, uh, then in 2017 and 18, uh, two seasons ago, he's basically full time with the Raptors, shows that you know he belongs. Uh, the teammates love him, his coach loves him. He ended up ranking fourth in the NBA in net efficiency uh, per possession uh, and he was behind Steph Curry, Eric Gordon, and Chris Paul. Those are the only three guys. That were above him in that category. And he was like the only bench player in the top 20 in the league as far as plus-minus goes. Then, of course, last year, uh, finally most people caught his uh, attention when he scored 22 points in that clincher against the Warriors in the NBA Finals. Um, But now with Kawhi being gone, I think he's been inserted to the—well, he has been inserted into the starting lineup— And I really think he's going to flourish in his fourth season as a pro. So with all that being said, uh, I think the Raptors are going to be very competitive in the East this season. Uh, A lot of games Wednesday night, 11 total on the menu. Uh, My Sixers make their season debut against the Boston Celtics. Uh, I'm sure I'll have a lot to say about that on my next pod. Um, I'm also trying to come up with cool segments to add to the show. Uh, This is a working progress, people. But I think I'm going to wrap things up there. Uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been All 94 Feet. I'm your host, Josh Lomino. Until next time, friends.